0: And welcome back to another edition of Bleeding Green, Bears, Burgers, and Bearcat Football. I'm your host, Matt Daniel. Thanks so much for joining me once again this week. The Bearcats coming off a 27-5 to Senior Day victory and what's assuredly the last game in Maryville at Bearcat Stadium for this 2022 version of the Northwest Missouri State Bearcats this season. And the season's not over, but uh, it's going to be, if we get into the playoffs, depending on what happens on Saturday, you well, know, going to be on the road, um, however long that journey lasts. So, uh, before we get too much into the game, I want to talk about what's coming up on this week's edition of the podcast. This week's player interview number eighty-seven, tight end, senior from Rockport, Missouri, Ryan Dewhurst, will be joining me. He is this week's player interview. Also, um, Greg Ray, the voice of the Emporia State Hornets, and of course, the Bearcats. According to Eli, with your questions. A couple of people submitted questions for Eli, and uh, we will have those as well as predictions for the final week of the MIAA regular season. Now, one thing that you'll notice is missing there is the Bearcat segment. This week was John Coffee. I talked to voice of the Bearcats on the Bearcat Radio Network, John Coffee. Unfortunately, it was a last-minute thing, and I did something in the... <laughs> Just to be fully transparent with you, I lost the interview. I don't know what happened to it. I did something, some kind of user error that, honestly, I've not done this entire time I've been doing this. So. Anyway, unfortunately, no, no, John Coffey, Although I did speak to him, and he did give me his time, but there just wasn't enough time to to reschedule that. And so, uh, my apologies to John for not having him on this week. But I'll share a little bit about that with you coming up as well. And in fact, let's just do that now. Let's let's talk about the the Bearcats' twenty-seven to five victory over Missouri Southern. Boy, the the uh, you know day offensively, especially in the first half, it didn't start how the Bearcats would want it to on the second offensive play of the game, a loss and a safety. And as, as Mikey Hohensey was tackled in the end zone and Missouri Southern led to nothing. And that lead ended up holding up through the first quarter, although it just took the Bearcats one play into the second quarter. And, uh Mikey uh, ran it in from two yards out to put the Bearcats on the board. Uh, Missouri Southern, after a Bearcat turnover, added a field goal. They missed another one right before halftime. It was seven to five, and uh, boy, it it was uh, you know it didn't look great. And the the offense was was definitely kind of spinning their wheels. And I, I will say this about Missouri Southern is that while offensively they're not quite there, and I think that's probably been the downfall. I mean, they've been in. You know, the last, the, 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 they lost three in close games in a row. We talked about it last week. And, uh, you know, this team has been in a lot of games. They're a pretty tough team defensively. And I think we saw that Northwest kind of struggled to to break them down. But the Bearcats, I think, only punted four times in this game. So definitely, um, you know, were able to move the football. And uh, that was an issue. But the second half started, I think the, the big key play was Jaden Brady breaks off a 52-yard touchdown run. And, you know, he's a guy that hasn't, you know, that if you're talking about the running backs, I mean, everybody mentions Jamar Moya, of course, he leads the Bearcats in touches. Everybody talks about Jay Harris as well. True freshman boy. We don't see many of those in, uh, you know, in the Bearcats, especially at, at a skill position like running back and, um, you know, and, and both of those guys scored touchdowns as well. But Jaden's a guy; he's he's gotten a few more touches. He he only had uh, five carries, but boy had sixty-five yards on him, including that fifty-yard touchdown run. And that gave the Bearcats a little bit of momentum and uh, kind of carried them through. The Bearcats ran for over two hundred yards rushing. Um, you know, led by Jay Harris is eighty-three yards on fifteen carries. Jamar Moyer really struggled to kind of get going; just twenty-four yards, but. Um, caught four passes as well. Trayvon Alexander, it was nice to kind of see him back and get in the mix on the passing game. And, um, you know, it, it, it kind of, I think the Bearcats are kind of settling into that three headed, you know, with, with Robert Rowey's unfortunate injury and his, uh, his season ending. And although Tank Young got a, got in a, a little bit as well, um, you know, I think the three guys are going to be Moya, Brady and Harris and, uh, you know, with, with, I feel like Moya and Brady have kind of similar skill sets in that they're both pretty good receivers out of the backfield. Although I think you could probably plug Jamar in at receiver and, uh, you know, and not see a drop off. But Jay Harris does give this team a little bit something different, kind of that big bruising back in between the tackles. Not that, you know, for being such a little guy, Jamar Moya can definitely run over people. But you know th- this team did just enough. They did what they had to do. Braden Wright came in late and led led the final touchdown uh, drive of the day. And um, you know they it, it was it was a slugfest. You know I think this is a different Missouri Southern team. You know this Bearcat offense isn't one that's rolling up forty five points a game. And you know I th- I think if we'll I'll talk more about this Emporia State matchup that's coming up on Saturday, but obviously a shootout is probably not something you want to get into. But, um, you know, this team is tough. I think we've seen several games throughout the season where we kind of go in at halftime with a close lead, or even if you want to go back and look at the Pitt State game, right, where that game, I'll be honest, it looked over at halftime. This team is just able to fight back, make good halftime adjustments, and, you know, you just hope that there isn't a situation like Pitt, you know, where you fall behind, Um you Know pretty majorly in the first half, like that, and it's, it's just too much to overcome. And this team was just different, they kind of had a fire lit under them in the second half, and they went out took care of business. The defense, I mean, come on, was the defense, they were, uh, they were pretty great all day long. Um, Jake Fisher had a sack and a half, Zach Howard had a sack as well, and um, you know, this, uh, You know this defensive line. I think that's as as we look toward this weekend's matchup against Emporia State. I think that's the you know that's the big matchup: the Emporia State offensive line versus the Northwest defensive line. You know we know Emporia's ability to throw the football. Obviously, we know you know Northwest struggles defensively have been in the secondary, and um, you know what what is Coach Wright going to cook up for Emporia State? And so let's talk a little bit about this game because, because it is really interesting. And, you know, obviously the regional rankings came out the same as last week, no big surprise there. And, uh, but I think there's a a pretty good shot of, um, and and if you, if you were able to catch inside D2 football on Sunday night, which is put on by the guys at D2football.com, Brandon Meisner and all those guys, Devin Albertson, of course, a regular here on bleeding green, it, uh you know, they kind of break it down a little bit more. And, and I would encourage you, you know, to kind of understand a little bit more about the playoff selection process and things. There's... Northwest is on the outside of looking in at this point, And obviously, so is Emporia. But I think the winner of this game has a pretty good chance of getting in. There's no guarantee. We don't know what's going to happen. The first thing you've got to do is win this football game. You know, and the thing that everybody's been talking about is, you know, the last time Emporia State beat Northwest was 1994. Okay, I... I'll be honest, I really don't know how relevant that is this week. I mean, there's the history, and Emporia is going to have to fight against that. And, and the Bearcats seem to have Emporia State's number. You know, if if you want to go, I don't know, I think the, the best Emporia State teams of the last 20 years were probably in 15 and 16. And, you know, the Bearcats beat them once in the regular season, once in the playoffs. But we're talking two historically good Bearcat teams, especially that 16 team, but even in 17, I mean, the games weren't overly close and, um, you know, I don't know, is Braden, you know, we know Braden Gleason's a great quarterback for Emporia, but you know, here's what I was kind of looking at and honestly, and kind of breaking down from last season to this season, because, because what's the difference, you know, what happened last year? Well, the Bearcats had a pretty comprehensive 35 to seven victory. And they had a big, Amani Donado had a big touchdown early in the game. Mikey Hohensey had a long touchdown run. In fact, Emporia didn't even score until the fourth quarter of that football game. And, uh, you know, I mean, the big differences were, well, we had Al McKellar running for 169 yards. Mikey ran for 96 and uh, able to pretty comprehensively control that football game. But here was the difference in the game and what the Bearcat defense was able to do. Let's look at Braden Gleason's stats. And and again, his stats last year and his stats this year, very comparable. And I'll break that down here in a second. But last year in this game, now, of course, it was senior day at Bearcat Stadium. Braden Gleason was 13 of 32 for 85 yards, a touchdown, two picks. Now, we weren't able to sack him. They have that quick passing game and a lot of different receivers. They they like to get involved. But um you know, but they're really able to throw off rhythm and, and do some really great things and that's kind of has me that's why I'm leaning toward you know I think there's a better chance of this being more of a defensive battle than it is a shootout um, and of course especially get the bearcat defense in there I don't know this this Emporia State team's different and and maybe they're better I think the difference with this 2022 version of Emporia State's their defense they rank third in uh points allowed and yardage allowed in defense right behind Northwest and Pitt state. So they've kind of put themselves up there instead of a middle of the road defense, like they usually are with a pretty good offense. You know, that's the difference between them being six and six last year and eight and two this year at this point. And they've been able to do some really good things and and they do have a dynamic offense. I won't argue with you on that, but if you look at Braden Gleason, his numbers last year, through for almost 3,400 yards, 30 touchdowns, eight interceptions. His completion percentage was 66%. His, his completion percentage is up a little bit this year, 69%. They're a little bit more balanced offensively he Has 28 touchdowns to only four interceptions. He had eight um, for the season last year. He's just shy of 3000 yards this season, although his average per game is about 10 or 15 yards higher than it was last year, but it's very comparable. And, um, and so I, I think the Bearcats have have a really good chance in this game to, to keep Emporia from scoring 30. I think if they score 30, well, that, you know, maybe we've got some problems offensively. But, you know, that's the matchup I'm more interested to see, to be quite honest with you. Of course, it's strength on strength, the the Bearcat defense against the Hornet offense. Is is the Bearcat offense, what are they going to be able to do against this Emporia State defense, specifically against the run? Because that's where Emporia really excels defensively. They do a really good job of shutting down teams um, and not allowing them to run the football. And so that's, you know, to me, as I'm looking at this game, I think that's going to be, you know, this Bearcat offensive line, I tell you what, some young guys on there and it's you know made made all the comments all season long about it being a mash unit not just the offensive line but everybody but i mean this offensive line the last few weeks has really come together especially these last two weeks really run the football well and um you know that that they're kind of this offensive line has found their identity and you know i know we've struggled to to throw the football a little bit but we really haven't needed to. We've we've ran the ball well enough, especially in the second half last week. That was great. They really kind of imposed their will on Missouri Southern and say the same thing against Nebraska Kearney. And so can they do that this week against Emporia State? And Emporia, you know, they run that weird 3-3 three, three kind of stack defense with five DBs. I think that's some opportunity for the Bearcat offensive line and, you know, bring in – your extra tight ends and, and line up and and pound the football at them. So, so we'll see what happens. What's my prediction. Well, it's probably no shock. You probably tell who I'm going to pick. I almost, I don't think I've ever picked against the Bearcats. So, but of course, Eli and myself will have our picks later on at the end of the show. Also Greg Ray voice of the Emporia state Hornets will be on and, and give me, give us the, um, opposition view from the other sideline but we'll take a timeout right now come back next with this week's player interview tied in ryan Dewhurst. right after this here on bleeding green Welcome back here on Bleeding Green. It's time for this week's player interview, joined by number eighty-seven, a senior tight end from Rockport, Missouri. Ryan Dewhurst and uh, Ryan, man, thanks so much for taking some time and coming on Bleeding Green with me.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate
0: it. Well, you're you're a small town guy. What? Uh, tell me about you know growing up in Rockport.
1: Oh, you know, like you said, it's a real small town, and uh, I uh, graduated with a class of about 23 kids, and I think, if I remember right, it was 21 of them I've known literally uh, since I was about four years old, so... Uh, I know a lot of people they kind of like oh man there's something to do out there but I wouldn't have changed for a world I loved it out there so I still talk with most of my classmates uh, on a weekly basis you know and we're we were a pretty tight knit groups so it was really enjoyable I loved it out there and I still love going home and seeing everyone and you know because in a small town everyone knows everyone and you know I go back and just like at the store just talk to people and stuff like that so yeah I really enjoy growing up in Rockport.
0: Well, I'm from Union Star, so I I get the small town thing. I had 19 Mm -hmm. in my class, so
1: oh wow. Usually,
0: usually that would win me most of those contests at uh, at Northwest. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) I'm assuming that does that for you. 23 is probably.
1: Oh yeah, Uh, uh, there were people (laughs) that. Oh yeah, I grew up in a uh, you know had a small class. Uh, We graduated about 76, and then like (laughs) why had 23? So (laughs) right.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So, were sports a big part of of your childhood?
1: Oh, huge. Yeah. You know, that's like kind of what everyone does over there. So my uh, freshman year, I played five sports. Actually, I was in cross country, football, basketball, track, and I played baseball over in Auburn. Uh, my freshman year, I kind of like basically like up until like my sophomore year, I did every single sport I could just because I just loved competition. I love to compete and uh, I Yeah. I just loved all that kind of stuff. So I, like I said, I would, every single year I was in at least probably four sports. So.
0: Well, in a small town too, it's whatever season is, is that's whatever we're playing pretty much.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm,
0: Exactly. (laughs) So was football always your first love or did that kind of develop later?
1: So, uh, the first, my first love, I guess, for a sport would, uh, Probably, I mean, I guess you don't really, I don't know if you count as a sport, but I know NASCAR, which is real redneck of me to say, but, uh, growing up, I loved NASCAR and my, uh, love of football developed Whenever we first, uh, moved to Arizona, I lived there from about, uh, 10 to 12, uh, years old. And, uh, my first NFL game was the NFC championship. We watched the, uh, the Cardinals beat the Eagles go to the Super Bowl, And that was really what sparked my love for football. Just being in that like atmosphere, was absolutely incredible and watching that amazing game i can still uh see it with my um right now like it was yesterday larry fitzgerald scoring three touchdowns and that really is what sparked my love for football i think was that moment right there that was just an incredible experience i was so grateful to uh to experience so did
0: you have a favorite player growing up
1: uh yeah larry fitzgerald not even close he's my favorite player by far so
0: All right. So, well, I got to ask you about the NASCAR thing, because, you know, Northwest has some ties with with guys who have been in pit crews and Jared Ersbomber, who went into the the Hall of Fame on Homecoming, is on Chase Elliott's crew. And is NASCAR, Mm -hmm. do you still follow it? Are you still a fan?
1: Uh, Not really, no. I I was just like kind of like younger, like phase for me. Uh, I was a really big fan of Jeff Gordon, and then I, I followed him up until he retired. But ever since he retired, I don't really follow it anymore. So yeah whenever I was younger, I was all over. I loved it.
0: Well, Jared Erstbaumer was actually on his pit crew Jeff Gordon's last year, too. so that's kind of that's kind of a nice little bit of bearcat uh, bearcat Jeff Gordon trivia mm-hmm. there so, uh, so so you know going to high school, obviously you know later as you got older, what you you played football and then you still ran track, is that right?
1: Yeah, so uh after my sophomore year because I just didn't really have much time. So I didn't do cross country anymore after my sophomore year. And then I just did football, basketball, and track. And that was it.
0: Okay. Do you have any favorite, favorite memories from um, whether it's you know any of those sports in, in high school?
1: Um, my favorite memory just of all sports would have to be uh, probably beating East Atchison my senior year. It was a huge rivalry game. It was getting hyped up. They were undefeated for the first time since they had uh, combined uh, Tarkio and Fairfax to become East Hutchison. And we were undefeated at the time, too, and there was just a lot of banter going back and forth. And I had probably the best game of my high school career offensively that game, and that was just uh, really, really aw- that was just awesome. Because we had, I mean, we called the Ashton County Super Bowl just because the whole county shows up because we don't have three towns in the county. And the whole uh, county was there and just be able to, to um, have the game that I did them was awesome and what what positions did you play so i uh in high school i played tight end and defensive end but i mean eight man with injuries and stuff and like just like what uh, our coaches wanted to do i kind of played all over the place um i know on defense i played every single position i played d tackle i played linebacker i even took a couple snaps in safety uh one time and then uh offensively I'd play wide out, uh, I'd play tight end mostly, and then I took a couple snaps at running back. And um, yeah, I was pr- uh, pretty much in offensively, but uh, oh yeah, I guess I played, I played guard a little bit too, uh, one week, so yeah, just pretty much, um, you know, because uh, eight man, small school, so we don't have uh, many guys on the team. The biggest team I had was 28, and the smallest was my freshman year, which is 19 guys. And whenever like guys get hurt, I mean, you just got to step in wherever you're needed. So that was kind of like, we all were pretty bought into that. You know, someone went down and like, okay, well, I'm not playing tight end this week. I'll play guard this week or I'll play defensive tackle this week. So just kind of being uh, flexible and, and versatile in that way was really big for us.
0: So was college football always something that you wanted to do? And at what point in your high school career was it like, okay, this, this can really happen for me?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. It was something I always wanted to do, but I didn't really know if I was capable of doing it really until, honestly, uh, like I said, that game against East Atchison my senior year. Um, That's when it really hit me. I was like, I think I, because I just um felt so dominant in that game and just like I was on another level than the kids I was competing with. And then Afterwards, my uh, coach, who's Ross Casper, who played—he uh, played center here at Northwest. He came up to, uh, to me the uh, following week and asked me, "Do you have any aspirations of playing at the next level?" Now I was like, "Well, coach, I mean, I'd love to, but I'm not sure if I can." And he told me, "He's like, well, I'm telling you right now, you can play at Northwest if you want to. I'm sure they'd probably love to have you." And that really, like, that was what ever really sunk in. I was like, "Oh, wow, I can really do this if I want, to, if I want to." So,
0: were there any other schools that you considered, or was it? what did you always have your sights set on on Northwest
1: no uh there were a bunch of schools that talked to me I had a bunch of NAIA schools to talk to me but I didn't even give them time of day really I, I just wasn't interested in going to an NA uh an NAIA school so and uh Northwest was the only uh D2 school that reached out to me and like I wasn't sure if they're going to offer me. So at first, even whenever they like reached out to me and took me on the visit, I wasn't even, I didn't even think I was going to get an offer. So I was still kind of on the fence because I was like, well, unless I get an offer, I don't really know if I want to go because I, I, I wanted them to want me to come play, you know? And once I got uh, my offer, I was immediately, uh, you know, all in, I was like, yep, this is where I want to go. So.
0: do you Do you remember, what do you remember about, about your visit? Who was your host?
1: uh my host was shelby mcmillan so he's another eight-man guy played uh against him at stanbury so and he he was a great guy i remember playing against him in high school and uh i remember the one thing that we all thought going against him was we were like this guy's you know he's incredible so he was kind of like almost like a little bit of an idol to me uh growing up because he was a uh senior i believe whenever i was a freshman or sophomore but he was very dominant against us and against every team he played so you know seeing him and having him uh, as my house was pretty cool and being able to talk to him so yeah I um I do remember my visit when we were on we came here. it was Martin Luther uh, King jr weekend and it just snowed and uh, we watched we went to A and G's and it was part of their uh like recruiting uh thing they were showing all the highlights and stuff of players but while we were waiting they showed uh they had a playoff game It was the vikings and uh the saints and it was the uh the miracle in minneapolis was right before we were getting ready to start that happened right as coach Wright was walking in to introduce the rest of the coaching staff so that was pretty cool i remember that so yeah it was really cool meeting shelby and then meeting some of the other players um uh, I I can't remember. A lot of them were seniors, so they graduated before I even uh, got here. But they were guys that Shelby lived with. So, but yeah, it was it was a pretty cool experience to come up here on a visit. So,
0: awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, do you have any special memories from your redshirt year? I know a lot of guys. You know, obviously, there's a lot of you guys from that 2018 recruiting class that are on this team, big part of this team. Do you have any? Just kind of that that year and and getting uh Joe Q <laughs> sicked on you. I mean, do you have any special oh, memories?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple. I, uh, I think probably my favorite was fall camp just because, I mean, we were all like just getting here. We were meeting each other for the first time. Of course, fall camp is always a grind no matter how old or young you are. And, uh, I just remember meeting all the guys and like, we were all, uh, on one floor up in Milliken. That's where they had us staying for the first two weeks. And, uh, one of my favorite memories was we were up there. We just got back from dinner and we were all hanging out and there were these, uh, gosh, these laundry totes that like had wheels on there big enough to fit a person in. And we ended up doing relay races with those up in the dorms. So that's probably one of my favorite memories, uh, from, uh, my red shirt freshman year. So that was a lot of fun.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so, um, you have a favorite, game or a favorite moment of your Bearcat career thus far.
1: Oh, uh Washburn this year, easy. That game was uh incredible. So, I was fortunate enough to uh to be able to uh play in that game and be a part of it and uh just driving down that last 24 seconds and kicking that game-winning field, was an unreal experience. And then uh that I think that's probably one of the loudest I've heard Bearcat Stadium uh get to. So, that was just all together that fourth quarter was just an awesome experience so yeah that was that was awesome
0: it it was pretty special for sure so mm-hmm. so Ryan what's your major and then what uh, what kind of plans do you have for uh, after graduation
1: so my major is exercise science and uh, my plan right now is to uh, go into physical therapy i've applied to grad school so uh, to get into uh, pt programs at a bunch of different schools. So I'm waiting to hear back on them now. I did it pretty early because most of uh, their application process ends around December and they usually won't get back to me until after that. So I'm kind of waiting to hear back from schools right now. And I, it's going to be a while, but yeah, that's my plan right now. And I'm super excited to uh, do that and to move on to the next stage of my life. So.
0: All right. Perfect. Well, uh, I got the pick six here. Six final questions. Are you ready for them? Here I am. All right. First question, do you have any pregame rituals? Or are you a superstitious guy, like have to wear the same socks or anything like that?
1: Oh, yeah. So uh, for me, I the socks I wear during the game, Those that's the first thing I put on during the morning. And then I eat a bag of uh, uh, purple Skittles. I think they're dark berries. I always call them the purple Skittles. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I eat a bag of purple Skittles before uh game. So that's my superstition. I have to do that.
0: All right, awesome. What's something that's universally liked that you don't
1: like? Um, this is a tough one.
0: So I'll give you mine. It might it might get the juices flowing. So I'm I'm an Android guy, not an Apple guy. Everybody loves Apple. Wow. I don't I don't like Apple. So uh-huh. everyone in my family has an iPhone except for me. <laughs> so it, that's oh, wow. that's where I'm a contrarian, I guess.
1: Yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, the only one – I don't know if this really counts, but uh, I guess the Chiefs. I'm not a Chiefs fan at all. Uh, my, my team's the Cardinals. It's been the Cardinals since, uh, like I told you, uh, since I was about 10 years old. So other than that, I really – oh, gosh – I don't know. Something will come up too. I'll think of it later on. Where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm kind of a weirdo in this way. But yeah, right now nothing comes to mind really other than that. All so. right. You
0: know that's that's good enough. I mean that is that is a. I'm a Raiders fan, so I get it. I'm from I'm yeah. from Northwest Missouri, and it's yeah, it can be a it can be tough sometimes.
1: Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> Whenever the Chiefs the Cardinals this here, I think everyone uh, who knew me who's a Chiefs fan let me know that they lost. So yeah, that was that was awesome. That was fun. <laughs> I right.
0: I understand. Well, the Raiders lose to the Chiefs a lot so i
1: understand that <laughs> yeah you know better than i do <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, third question of the pick six what would be your dream vacation
1: dream vacation um probably hawaii uh, my family and i went there whenever we were younger and it's absolutely amazing out there i just cannot think of a better spot in the world to go vacation so it, it's amazing out there i love it
0: all right. Perfect. What fourth question of the pick six, what's your favorite gift or present that you've ever received?
1: Um, a couple years ago, my dad got me a new set of irons, uh, Taylor made, uh, uh sim uh, Sim maxes and they are amazing. Still a bad golfer, but you know, they make me a little better. I like to think they do <laughs> right. so probably my favorite gift I've gotten.
0: That's yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's nice. Fifth question. So, I mean, since we're in November, I guess we can we can talk about talk about holidays, Christmas. Do you have a favorite Christmas or, or holiday movie?
1: Christmas or holiday movie. Um, probably The Grinch. Or um, no, not that actually. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Christmas Vacation. We watch that every year at my house, so we love that movie. It's it's really funny. It's awesome. Same.
0: so I think I quote that movie every day of the year.
1: Yeah. So. so does my
0: mom. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, last question's a little more on the serious side for you, Ryan. As your uh, career winds down here? What do you want people to remember about you?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing that I want people to remember about me is just uh, the work I think I have and just how, uh, just how positive I was through everything and I tried to, you know, uplift my teammates and was just a good teammate and a good friend to everyone. So that's the one thing I really want uh, people to remember.
0: Perfect. Well, Ryan, I sure appreciate your time and uh, wish you the best of luck here the rest of the season.
1: Awesome. Appreciate you for having me on.
2: Hey, Bearcat fans, this is Mel Churchman, former Bearcat coach. You're listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniel.
0: And welcome back here on Bleeding Green. Time to go to the other sideline. Joined now by the voice of the Emporia State Hornets, Greg Gray. And Greg, man, thanks so much for taking some time and coming on Bleeding Green to chat about this big uh, this big matchup on Saturday.
2: Thank you for asking me to be a part of your podcast.
0: Well, Well, let's talk a little bit about the Hornets. I mean, you know, they were um, you know, picked not quite to be where they were, but uh, honestly, I know there, there were a lot of folks I kind of thought, you know, Emporia was one of those teams that had, that definitely had the potential, especially with the quarterback. I think it starts with Braden Gleason, but you know, how, how does Emporia, you know, how does, how how do the, the Hornets feel like where they're at 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 this point in the season from where maybe they themselves expected to be?
2: I, I think they expected to, to be almost right where they're at. Uh, maybe uh, just a little better uh, after, you know, two losses, a close one to Pittsburgh State, and then and uh, a game that we didn't play very well at uh, against Central Oklahoma, you take those two games away, and uh, Emporia State, I think they would be, if you would have told them going into week number 11 that they were going to be 8-2 and two and have a chance to play for a playoff spot, I think they would have taken it. Um, and then after you've been through 10 games already, then you can look back and say, well, if we would have made a play here or made a play there or made a stop there, uh, we, we might be talking about a completely, you know, uh, a season where there's no doubt about what's going to happen for Emporia State at, at the end of the regular season. Uh, unfortunately, uh, same with uh, Northwest Missouri State, the, uh, uh, games have to be won. And then uh, there are a couple games you'd like to have back, but they don't let you go back and redo them. They don't give you mulligans uh, in the college football season. But at the beginning of the season, I felt like this was a team that had a chance to be fairly successful, maybe even have a shot at earning a playoff spot. And uh, so far it has done that. And I haven't been, I, I won't say I, I haven't been overly surprised by what they've accomplished. It's, it's been fun to watch, and I saw a little bit of what they were capable of doing last year. And uh, so far this season, uh, with the exception of uh, the loss to Pittsburgh State and Central Oklahoma, they've been able to make the plays and get the job done, as it were.
0: Well, and obviously, you know, coming in with the league's top scoring offense, top offense yardage wise as well, it all kind of starts with Braden Gleason, who I think you know boy i think everybody had respect for one of the, as one of the you know top quarterbacks returning in the country coming into the season he's he's kind of lived lived up to that um what's been the difference between him specifically or, or maybe the entire offense from last year's team to this 2022 team
2: probably just knowledge and experience with it uh last year was his first year as a starting quarterback and last year they the coaches uh, asked him to basically manage the team. You know, don't turn it over. You know, keep the keep the train on the track, so to speak. And this year, they've given him a little more of a leadership uh, role. Of uh, hey, this is your offense. You lead it. Uh, you're the you're the one that needs to set the tone, and that's what he did during the offseason. He got the receivers together. He got the running backs together. He got players together, and they they spent some time together during the summer. And I think that's been a big reason of why they've been successful. Uh, you can look at, you know, it's kind of interesting. You bring some of this up, but uh, on uh, Coach Hagan's show this week, we kind of talked about it. You know, Braden has impressive numbers, but he doesn't have those impressive numbers if he doesn't have guys around him to make plays. And he's he's got a bevy of players that can make plays for him, both receivers and running backs. And then you throw in the offensive line that is playing at a, I think, a very high level, and I, I think that's where a lot of games are won or losses by who controls that line of scrimmage, uh, and the Emporia State offensive line has done a good job doing that. They've given Braden time to make reads and find the the open receiver, or maybe find the the receiver that uh, best gets the job done and then the receivers have done a really nice job of making catches. Uh, it, it, it took a while for this train to get going. Uh, Won an easy game to start off the season against Northeastern State, go down to Edmond, Oklahoma, and lose to Central Oklahoma, where the offense really never did find its rhythm. But then in the next week, bounced back with a win over Missouri Western, lost a heartbreaker to Pittsburgh State, and then came back with a an, another nice win over Washburn. You just kind of see the, the momentum of the train kind of pick up speed as the season's gone along. And you can tell that Braden Gleason trusts his receivers, and the receivers know that Brayden Gleason's going to be able to get the ball to them when they can. And the running backs understand that the offensive line's going to give them holes to run through if they're just patient. And, and it's been kind of fun to see it all come together. It took a while for it, for the train to get going full steam ahead, but right now I think it is operating at a very high level.
0: Well, and you know, you, you talk about receivers. There isn't really one guy. Seven guys have at least twenty-three catches on the season. You know, coming into the season, Kanan Brooks was kind of the guy running back, and and Billy Ross, boy, he's he's really stepped up and, and been a guy that, as I, uh, you know, I'm I'm I play D two fantasy football and things and kind of watch stats and things, and he's been a guy that's that's caught my eye. Just so many different playmakers. That is is that what makes this offense so hard to stop? You you take one guy away, and there's two or three guys to maybe step up in in that. Guy spot? I, I,
2: th- I think that's a lot of what helps keep making it successful is that uh, there isn't uh, just one guy they know they have to count on and that they have to s- say, this guy has to get the job done. It's got, you've got a number of players who can make catches. And, and as you mentioned, Billy Ross has really done a nice job. Kane Brooks has battled through some, some injuries, some ankle injuries, and he's uh, hopefully going to be ready to go. He didn't play against Lincoln. Uh, and, and saw uh, limited playing time against Fort Hayes State. But, you know, he's had some big games. Uh, Billy Ross Jr.'s had some big games. And there's a true freshman that uh, the future looks pretty bright for in Kingsley Bennett, who's shown flashes that he can make some things happen. And I think that's kind of what helped keep a lot of these guys fresh a little bit. Some of them have missed a, a few Games here or there because of little nagging injuries, either an ankle injury or a shoulder injury. Um, but hopefully they're all healthy. But they they seem to be be fresh enough. And you don't, if you're a running back and you're carrying the ball thirty to forty times a game, uh, your body's not going to be the same. Getting ready for week number eleven as it was back in week four and five. And fortunately, nobody's been told, you know, hey, you've got to carry the bulk of the load and you're the one who's going to get all the, get all the attention. Uh, I think the, the receivers and the players have been able to, and the running backs have been able, for the most part, able to keep themselves healthy and keep themselves fresh.
0: Well, and and then you look, you know, the thing I think that that has been most impressive maybe is this team defensively kind of solidified their spot behind Northwest and Pitt State as number three in scoring defense, number three in yardage. Talk a little bit about this defense and kind of how they've been able to to take a step forward this year.
2: Uh, it's kind of interesting you bring that up because uh, before my games I always try to talk to the opposing coaches and every coach that I've talked to so far this season that's the one area that they feel like Emporia State has improved maybe the most is on the defensive side uh, the, the defense um, last year t- it took its lumps uh, especially in the secondary gave up a lot of big plays and that was one of the focuses uh, during the offseason okay how do we not give up so many big plays. That was a big Achilles uh, heel for the Hornet defense last year. Gave up a lot of big plays, some of them on third down, some of them on first down. This year, there haven't been as many big plays given up. Uh, There's been occasional. uh, We gave up a big play to Lincoln. They gave up a big play to Fort Hayes State scoring plays. But for the most part this season, those plays have been very, very few, and they've been able to limit the – Explosive plays that teams have had in the past against them, and uh, they use they play the defense that uh, Iowa State has made made famous: three down linemen, uh, linebackers, and then five uh, defensive backs. Uh, it's it's uh, been real. They've worked really well together. The defensive lines played well together. The linebackers have had a, a really outstanding season, but it's the secondary play that is the most improved from a year ago. And they've got some guys that are uh, making plays. And, th- and another thing, when you if you talk to Coach Darren Higgins, uh, one of the big differences also this year with the defense is they are more aggressive. They they don't do a uh, they don't wait for the team to kind of and play play off of what the offense is showing they, they attack they're more of an attacking uh, as evident when you look at the last couple of games especially when Fort Hays State they had seven quarterback sacks and had six quarterback sacks i believe last week against Lincoln so they're putting more pressure on quarterbacks and they're making games make me make decisions quicker than what they want to and uh, it's it's just been an overall More aggressive defense, and they've also been able to limit the explosive plays that teams have—the plays that go for thirty to forty yards and um, really cause uh, give teams a little better field position, or maybe end up in scores.
0: Well, and and then let's talk about special teams too. That's you know, in in a a game like this, you know, that's you know, that's probably going to come down to it. Obviously, got a you know, got a pretty decent punting game, and 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 decent kicking game. How do the Hornets feel about the uh, special teams?
2: They're really, really pleased with it, especially when you have a, a returning All-American punter and Ross Brungard who's averaging close to 42 to 43 yards per punt. And then uh, middle of the season, there was a switch in the place kickers um, and went to a true freshman and uh, he had made uh, 19 of his extra points in a row. He, he missed one this last Saturday, his first miss of, of the season. And he's uh, been pretty decent on the field goal tries. And then uh, our former place kicker had been handling ha- uh, kickoff duties, but he uh, suffered an injury himself. So he's been limited in that. But uh, if you talk to the coaches, they're really pleased to, with uh, one, the, both the kickers, Hey Dodson, who's the place kicker now, a true freshman, and uh, Ross Brungart, but also the kick coverage and the kickoff coverage and the even the return game has uh, done a good job this season, and uh, they've been really pleased and they felt like that the special teams have allowed them to uh, you know maintain control of football games, and in some aspects, uh, we go to the game at Missouri Southern, and uh, of course the winds blowing gale force wins pardon me and the the call of the game was you know do you go with the win or against the win in the third quarter in the fourth quarter they chose to go with the win in the fourth quarter and that proved to pay dividends when a punt goes only about four yards because it gets caught up in the wind so they've been really pleased with the way the the, the special teams have played this season
0: well, and let's talk about last week's game against Lincoln. I don't think the final final score really tells the whole um, you know the whole story of the game statistically. I mean, over 500 yards offense, kind of what you'd expect. The the score a little bit closer. Of course, Lincoln scores a couple late touchdowns, but um, you know, Braden Gleason had one interception going into the game. Did throw three against Lincoln. Was it a situ- you know was I mean you know I know as Bearcat fans, some people. You know, outside of the team, as us fans, kind of talked about last week, kind of maybe being a trap game. Was that, you know, was was it just a situation of the Hornets, you know, maybe being a little bit sloppy and and uh, you know that classic kind of trap game before this big matchup?
2: Maybe a little bit. uh, Maybe looking a little bit, uh, uh, taking a a sneak peek over the fence, so to speak, to see what's uh, what's waiting up the up the line. So a little bit because they, they knew that Northwest Missouri State was going to be the final opponent and most likely uh, a game that would determine who could and would uh, advance to the playoffs. Um, uh, Lincoln, I'll give, we'll give them a little credit. They put together a nice drive to start the game. They had to settle for a field goal. And Portia State scores a, a couple of touchdowns uh, to go up uh, with with a missed extra point. They're up 13-3. to And it, it kind of floats back and forth, but in the third quarter, Emporia State kind of reasserted their dominance, and they built a 35-10 to lead, and uh, the rest of the game, Coach Karen Higgins uh, felt like it was uh, an opportune time to start giving some uh, second, third, and fourth-string guys who don't get a lot of playing time, some younger guys, some playing experience, some game experience, give them some film to work with uh, in the film room, and uh, give them something to work on and focus on as a uh, continue to prepare for what for this week. And uh, even as they get down the road, at least now they have something that they can look at on film to see, okay, if I do this, that maybe that won't happen. Or if I keep doing this, I'll keep having success. And uh, there were some younger players who had some uh, good moments, but there are some others that uh, didn't have as good as moments, but uh, that's part of it. Sometimes, uh, in the game of football and i'm I'm a firm believer in this uh, and a staunch supporter of it you have to have been there and done that uh, you have to have been on the field and experienced what it's like to be in a in a certain situation or other situations you have to experience uh, you know game situations and until you do that uh, you can practice all you want and you can maybe have it down and practice but uh, Game speed is a lot different speed, regardless of who you're playing. And that game experience is huge. And that's what he was able to to do with some of the younger players is get them some game experience, get them a chance to uh, get film, as it were, and uh, make their own mistakes and learn from their mistakes. And uh, hopefully allows them to get better.
0: Well, and obviously such such a big matchup, you know, it's basically a, a playoff game. And and uh, although the, the winner, there's no guarantee that they find themselves as one of the top seven in the region. But there's at least a chance you got to win to at least be in that conversation. And, you know, we know about history. I'm, I'm sure everybody's talked, although, you know, these these players weren't born, the, uh, you know, the last time. Emporia beat Northwest. I mean, that's that's at least in the conversation and and people talk about that and everybody's saying, hey, you know, I think this. You know, although maybe those Emporia State teams in 15 and 16 were better than this Emporia team. Um, you know, these this Northwest team isn't at that level. But it seems like the, you know if if Emporia is going to end that streak, this seems to be kind of the year year to do it. W- what are your thoughts, and and what's Emporia need to do to to uh, come out and keep their season uh, their hopes for a postseason alive on Saturday?
2: For, for me, for Emporia State, if they just keep playing the way they have, keep uh, maintaining the Get, if, if the offense can uh, put together a couple of drives where the offense is just clicking, boom, 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 and, and you're scoring, uh, if we see what we did offensively, uh, what we did against Fort Hay State uh, and did against uh, even Nebraska Kearney, for that matter, uh, then, then I I like the offense's chances of being able to be successful. And defensively, they still have to go out there and find a way to stop the run and try to force and Northwest Missouri State to be uh, maybe one-dimensional, but even though uh, I don't know if you can really do that, the defense still has the key for them is maybe try to force a few turnovers, but one, don't give up the huge big plays. Don't give up the explosive plays. Uh, keep those to a minimum if you can, and force Northwest Missouri State to really work for their their points. And if the offense can get going and get a pace going where it can maybe – tire out the defense because i uh, talking with other coaches, uh, trying to simulate what Emporia State does offensively in practice is a real challenge. And uh, if you're not uh, ready for it, it can, it can wear you out in a hurry. And you can find uh, the defense maybe uh, a little bit on the tired side or gas side as it were. And uh, hopefully that, that can be a case. And uh, the last I, I kind of remember the last time Emporia State beat uh, Northwest Missouri State. It was Mel Churchman's first year, and uh, it uh, it was a, a, a game that uh, Emporia State was uh, able to get a nice effort from. But ever since then, th- there have been some close games. You mentioned uh, – The 2015 and 16, it's just unfortunate for Emporia State that that was also at the time that Northwest Missouri State had some of the best teams in their school's history and some of the best teams in Division II history at that particular time. So that was some tough sledding for Emporia State at that time.
0: Well, it ought to be a great matchup, and and we'll see. It looks like it's going to be a be a cold one, but uh, it, it's it's going to be a, a great matchup, and and uh, sh- should be a you know play, playoff type atmosphere on the field for sure. And Greg, man, I sure appreciate you taking some time and coming on to chat with me.
2: It's been my pleasure.
0: Hey, this is Sean Paddock, uh, former defensive line
1: for the Bearcats. You're listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniel. Once a Bearcat, always a Bearcat.
0: And back here on Bleeding Green with, well, you know what it is. It's the Bearcats, according to Eli. Eli, buddy, what's going on?
3: and I'm just excited that we get to do this and we won the game last night. I'm really happy. Well, not last night, last week. Um mm-hmm. but I'm really happy about that. Pretty pretty and pretty nice for us. They they had a good chance in the first half, but then during third quarter we started picking it up and then we did some insane stuff to bring us the win, so I'm happy about that.
0: Yep. Yeah, big long touchdown run kind of broke it open right after halftime, and yeah, it was was pretty good. Pretty solid performance. The defense man was doing their thing.
3: Uh Uh-huh. At first, they were kind of, uh, our offense was terrible, but uh, there was an (laughs) insane run where they busted through like all of our guys. It was insane. I think, was that their runner back or quarterback? Their runner back,
0: right? I don't remember. To be honest with you.
3: They were insane. They were like pushing through all of the people. It was insane. We stopped them before they got the touchdown Mm because all they got was a safety and a field goal. Yep. Anyway, yeah.
0: I was, boy, that safety happened. I'll be honest with you. So my my score was 27 to 9. And boy, that safety happened. And I thought they were actually going to get 9 points here. But it was 27 to 5. But that was pretty close. You had 32 to 10. With your score. So we were both actually pretty close to the to the final score.
3: Yeah. I would say I was off by five. My other score was off by like one, two, three. Five also. Five. Oh, both scores mm-hmm. off by five. That's terrible. <laughs> Ten <laughs> no, that's, and all.
0: That's pretty close. Well, let's look at the rest of the results because you, my friend, had a six and oh week.
3: Ah, oh, you had a 5 and 1. Yep. Why did you pick Why did you pick Mo West?
0: Mhm. Well, let's start with that game. Mo West at UCM. Uh, it, listen, I'll never be sad when Mo West loses, but it was I was in a weird spot because for our um for a playoff resume, it would have helped us if Missouri Western would have won, to be honest with you. And uh you picked UCM and boy, it was kind of a crazy game. Double overtime, UCM pulls it out, 40 to 37, and uh, that was my lone loss of the week. And yep, you uh, you correctly picked UCM, so how props many, to you, man.
3: How many games behind you am I now?
0: No, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But on the very first play of the first overtime, UCM went for a trick play. Their running back threw the ball, and Mo West safety wide open in the end zone just dropped it. It should have was a terrible throw. He shouldn't have made it. But he drops it. UCM scores a touchdown. Mo West wins if they make that catch, but I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter at all. Um, okay, well then, uh, boy, UCO almost pulled one on over Nebraska Kearney. And I thought that game would be relatively close, but I didn't think it would come down to the last second, Kearney. We were watching that game in the stands. In fact, you were giving me a hard time. I was watching the the final field goal on the – the m i w a network on on my app on my phone, and uh Carney kicks a field goal with no time left to win twenty to eighteen. We both picked Carney, but um yeah, that ended up being a really close game.
3: I really wish that Central won and I pick Central. I wish that happened,
0: but oh central Oklahoma you mean yeah, and uh well Pitt of course wins they won thirty seven twenty three beating Washburn we both. Um, we both had them winning that game, although it was not quite as close as we thought. Um, Hayes beats Northeastern State, no big shocker there, 27-14, to 14, both of those. Um, are you okay over there? Yeah. Is there like a gust of wind in here? Ah. Huh. <laughs> no, it was just you blowing them the microphone. Um, but uh, yeah, both of those teams just want the season to be over. Emporia a little bit closer against Lincoln than we thought. I mean the the final score 35-24. It's the least amount of points Lincoln's given up all year and the most points they've scored and they still lose by 11. Now they scored a couple late touchdowns, but Braden Gleason did throw three picks. That's kind of interesting. I we both thought I thought Emporia was going to score 70 on them. So uh, but they could be forgiven maybe overlooking Lincoln a bit for the big matchup this weekend against the Bearcats. So there you go. Are you listening? Emporia State. Yeah. We're going to Emporia. Yeah. On Saturday. Yeah. I mean last
3: week. Who So was against? Missouri Southern. Yeah, I was pretty. Scared. So,
0: yep. Yeah. So here's here's the standings up to this point. Um, I went five and one. You went six and zero. Oh, you are four games behind me. I'm forty eight and twelve. You're forty four and sixteen. So, but well, that's good. You picked up a game and and. Uh, here we go. You ready to do uh, the week eleven last week of the MiAA regular season? You ready for this pickem?
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Okay.
0: And uh, by the way, we have questions this week. We have <sighs> listeners submitted questions, multiple ones. Yeah. So not
3: just two, not just three, not just four, not just five, six. I think.
0: No, I think four. What? You're overselling it, buddy. You're way, way overselling it. Now everybody's going to be disappointed. But anyway, I, I didn't know if we'd get one, so that's that's pretty good. So At
3: least we got some.
0: Yep. All right, let's do the pick em this week first. Lincoln at Missouri Western. I don't know. Season's over for both teams. Mo West has just been really disappointing. As much as they like to talk at the beginning of the season, it is kind of funny. I'll be honest, I have zero love for Missouri Western, and I do find it kind of funny that Coach Willie has talked the big game that he talks and his team just continually massively underperforms because they have talent. There's no doubt about that. They just they just don't know how to close out games and, and win games. Anyway, I'm not disappointed at that, but Western's going to win this big. This is a no-brainer. Lincoln Lincoln has no chance. 42-19 to 19 is what I'm going to go with. What that do you was think, Eli? Than
3: our score against Lincoln.
0: Now we had 58. I think it was 58-17, 58-20, oh. something like that. 58-20 maybe. How did
3: they score on us? A couple How? long
0: touchdowns, and then we turned the ball over. I think.
3: <gasps> okay. Obviously, I'm gonna go with Ling. Just kidding, Missouri Western. Destroy them. Absolutely demolished them, leaving them crying their eyes out. No. 36. 12. I was cl- I was going to pick 42 like you but I decided no nah, no nah.
0: yeah likely story All right Washburns at Missouri Southern uh, um you know Missouri Southern could really end the season really well for them um I don't think they will I just think Washburns better even though they don't have much to play for I think they win it 29-17 but it could even be a closer game than that Washburn You're going to go Washburn?
3: Yours was 27-14, right?
0: Sometimes I wonder if we're in the same room. I wonder if we're actually three feet away from each other, which we are, face-to-face. Now, Washburn, 29, Missouri Southern, 17.
3: I'm going to go with... Oh, I don't think it'd be that close. 36-21. Okay.
0: Fort Hayes State, they just want the season to be over for sure. At Pitt. Hayes has no chance. Pit I don't. Pit
3: demolishes. Pit destroys. Yeah. They will not even be able to have one breath without their defense being set back out there. Every second, their defense will be back out there.
0: Hayes just isn't good, and I'm kind of surprised that they have fallen as far as they have. But I'm gonna go thirty-five ten, Pit.
3: I used to think of Hayes as a pretty decent team. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I looked at uh, some old text I had, and uh, apparently, I picked northeastern state over a good team i don't know Emporia. i think
0: no i don't i don't I, remember
3: but i looked over it and i was like oh my gosh i'm so i sucked back then but now i'm a gamer pro at football and i know about the team so i'll obviously pick pit Pitt is doing incredible no loses and i think they might be able to win the championship if they keep playing hard. You think so? If they keep playing this hard, they got a big chance.
0: You want my unfiltered opinion? We don't get a a, a brutally honest me. Well, I mean, I'm pretty honest, but
3: You're not I try
0: not to be too it. critical. I think Pitt has a zero chance at winning a national championship. I don't think.
3: Well, Listen, we Pitt's a good a team.
0: No, probably not. It does I mean Pitt is not an elite team they're a good team they have a really good defense and that will probably keep them in most games but I I, I cannot imagine them beating um Ferris or Grand Valley and oh, I mean that's yeah.
3: Ferris is incredible
0: yeah Grand Valley beat him this year but but I still think I mean Ferris could definitely come back and beat Grand Valley in the playoffs we'll see I hope not I'm no fan Just of kidding. Ferris
3: we, we don't really have a chance now
0: that's me but being pretty can't. harsh against Pitt. So, um, Pitt has easy. had a, an amazing season. I don't want to take anything away from them. They certainly deserve to beat the Bearcats. They, um, that was a tough loss, but, I mean, you know, we make one more defensive play in the first half and we probably win that game. And so I just don't believe Pitt is head and shoulders above r- the rest of the MIAA, in my opinion. But anyway, so what are you going to go? You're going to go Pitt. What's your score, buddy? We're losing... We're losing... Hey, dude, we're...
3: Is that supposed to be there?
0: Yeah. Hey, we're losing...
3: Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay.
0: Focus here. Let's finish uh, our picks, and then pit. we can go off and... Pit, pit,
3: pit, pit, I know, pit, you're, pit, pit. Pit.
0: you're picking pit. You already said that. What's your score?
3: Oh, oh, yeah, they're demolished. He pit um, 72... 36...
0: Wow, that'd be a lot of points for. That'd been, I think, the most points Pitt will have given up this year. That's a almost a basketball score. Okay, fair enough. Nebraska Kearney at Northeastern <sighs> State. Even though Carney's season's Eastern. over, Wait, they'll uh, they'll finish strong. Forty five, fourteen. Carney is what Didn't I'm. Didn't we beat Kearney? Yeah, yeah, we did. We were there.
3: We lost. Well, we've only lost to two teams. We're in the decent section of teams. We're in the decent section, which is a bit sad, but it's okay. Like, I'll take a decent section.
0: All right, are we, are we still okay, doing I'm this? Sorry. pick <laughs> you are just Believe really me. getting off off topic. You're ready.
3: Anyway, I'm okay. struggling. Oh,
0: Carney, northeastern Carney, state.
3: Carney, 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 Carney. Oh, I ac- I actually thought uh, it said Carney, Carney. Sorry, I'm reading uh, the media poll. How people think uh, the teams do. That's how I usually pick. Mm -hmm.
0: At the beginning of the season, which obviously the things have looked a whole lot different. But Listen, I know you're going carny. I'm sitting here waiting for a score.
3: 48-24. And you probably like.
0: The Battle of the Centrals and the Battle of Former Bearcats. Central Missouri at... Central Oklahoma. I could go either way with this game. I think Central Oklahoma's probably played better. I think Central Missouri has definitely played better the second half of the season. I'll go UCO and Coach Doral 24 to 20.
3: Uh, did you pick the mules? No. I'm picking the mules, bro. I you mules, you won for me last time. Now if you fail me, okay. I will be deeply disappointed What's in your you, score, and I buddy? will never believe in you again. Anyway, close game 32 to 24 not too too close it's just a bit close okay okay
0: the north okay. Northwest at emporia listen this is a tough game now emporia is not beaten Northwest and this is probably the 47th time that you've heard this stat this week but since 1994 none of the players were even thought of at that point um, a lot of these now there have been close games over the years but Emporia's best teams were in 15-16 when Northwest had two of their best teams ever. And so those games weren't really close. I think, you know, the the narrative seems to be if Emporia is going to end the streak, it's going to be this year. I agree with that. Now I'm not going to pick against the Bearcats because I just can't bring myself to, but I think the lower the score for the Bearcats, the better. A shootout against Emporia is going to spell disaster. I'll go twenty-one to twenty. The Bearcats just gutted out because I just like this team, and I think they just find a way to win.
3: I'm sorry, Bearcats, but i got to pick you again. I will never stop picking you. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to have to with you close, but different score, 24-21. Okay. Lost by a field Does
0: Cole Lammel kick a field goal in the last play of the game to win? Yeah. Cole, there you you're go. a good second, now. A second. He's been pretty good all season.
3: Uh-huh. He only missed, like, one or two.
0: He's only missed a couple. A and couple. a few extra points as well. Oh, but I,
3: uh, Before we uh, go off to the Q&A, um, I have a question. I want to know if next... Uh, uh, for our last episode, uh, if we don't make to the playoffs, uh, we should, which is next week. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but we... We should do a thing where me and you will both just rank the teams after we're done with everything.
0: Like the teams that are in the playoffs?
3: No, just rank the MIAA.
0: Okay, we can talk about we can talk about that and talk about our uh, um how our predictions went and all all that good stuff. What the what the media polls and things said. And yeah, I'm I'm down for that. Hopefully, we've got another game to talk about next week, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. The Bearcats could win and not make the playoffs. That would be weird, but it could definitely could happen you
3: guys lose something to do something all,
0: all right are you, are you ready? Yeah that was yeah, that was nice.
3: okay, I'm ready.
0: <laughs> Excuse you, by the way. okay.
3: first You're question was
0: submitted by Ryan on Twitter. You're talking about Doritos every week, which we did talk about eating Doritos Sponsor
3: us Doritos,
0: which we didn't. He wants to know
3: Spotter. what's your, what's
0: my favorite flavor, and what's your favorite player flavor. I will start by saying Cool Ranch.
3: Is that yours? That's mine. Also mine. The the Nacho Cheese is a very close second. Mm-hmm. People are probably thinking that I would like spicy Doritos. I do not like. Yeah, spicy Yeah, Eli does stuff. not I like spicy not a big food. Fan at all, and though, and I've only had those three flavors. But Cool Ranch is uh, is the goat. It's the best. Mm-hmm.
0: Nacho cheese is good taco is that's like an old school. Which they I think well, they brought had it Doritos back
3: with, lately. Uh, remember at the have I ever had Doritos in a taco?
0: Yes, but there is actually a taco flavored Doritos, and they have like an old oh, school bag that they're in, like from when I was a kid. No, that was forever ago for you, but. All right, oh. you ready? We've got some more questions here. Yeah, sorry. That, okay. I really like that one. This next series Sponsorous of questions is from John on Facebook. The first one, it's a bearcat related question. And, and I did not cheat on this. Who are the road dogs?
3: Oh, oh, Bears? No. Are they in the A?
0: The Road Dogs are referring to a Bearcat team. Oh. Do you have any idea what year or why they called them that?
3: Uh,
0: I have a whole episode for the Road Dogs, by the way, the road... with Coach Churchma from, from so, recorded I'm guessing last fall. So i
3: the Road Dogs are uh, like a really good defensive team?
0: No. So it was it was 2005. <sighs> we got the last spot into the playoffs, and we had to play on the road the whole time, which the That's why they called them the Road Dogs, and they had to win four road games. No one had ever done that before in a row to make the championship game, and then they lost on almost the last play of the game in the national championship against Grand Valley. I have really done you wrong, huh? I haven't. You don't, uh,
3: Dad, you never. You, John was that.
0: questioning my parenting, by the way, and, and he did say, Don't cheat. And I did not, I did not tell you any of these questions. I did do the Doritos one, but
3: yeah, he only told me that, uh, and I had to think a bit. Just kidding. I already know my favorite. Thanks All right. For us we got two more, that, though.
0: Yes, thank you to John and Ryan both. And a couple more questions here from John are things that you may or may not know. They're not Bearcat related. Do you know what a VCR is?
3: Is it a type of, like, playable thing that you would put in a uh, TV or something?
0: Sort of. What That's, is it called? I'll give, you v- like a, I'll give you half credit. No, the VCR was, so you had a, you oh, know what it a cassette plays tape. Stuff. Is. It
3: plays cassette Yeah, it tapes. would play video Okay, yeah, cassette. I'm right. So I was technically still right because I just guessed it at I'll the I'll give you
0: half year. a point. You're not going to get the full point, but I'll give you half a point.
3: I get 75% of the point. Because I guessed it so. right when you said VHS, I was thinking, oh, yeah, it's not a type of VHS, okay. please. V- What's
0: a floppy disk?
3: Floppy disk. Is it something? Is it related to a disk at all? Oh, it's a, a, like a frisbee? Is that what they called frisbees in the old <laughs> days? A floppy disk?
0: <laughs> oh, no, but that was an amazing answer. You. You came through with some gold there for me, buddy. <laughs> no, it's a computer disk. Oh. Now we have thumb drives and stuff. I don't even know if you know what a thumb drive is, oh, but I um, oh, oh, is well, it
3: like those little things that you put in the computer? And, mm, like this was a totally disk you would stick up. in the
0: computer. They started out as floppy. Then some were like a hard disk, but they still technically called them a floppy disk. People
3: could try to leave some as frisbees, like frisbee them into their computer. Ooh, that'd be so cool. That'd be the best trick.
0: You're trying. But yeah, you get zero points for that. You don't get any points for that. Well,
3: I was so close.
0: All right, buddy. Well that's I think this is our longest segment of the season. It is. So again, if you want to submit a question for Eli or myself, you can tweet us underscore bleeding underscore green. Um, You can send a a request on Facebook either to myself personally or you can send it um, or you leave a comment on the fan page or or wherever it is. That's where some of them came from. Or you can just leave it on the uh, bleeding green podcast Facebook page.
3: I have four things to say before we okay end it's, it's
0: all yours buddy go for it
3: okay so first of all um you may be like oh well I I don't want to submit a question well why don't you just do it because like if you don't have an idea just come on it can be anything. It doesn't matter. It can be movie-related, unless it's Harry Potter, because I know nothing about Harry Potter, but I know all the other nerdy stuff, except DC as well. I'm probably a disappointment now to have the people listening. Anyway, but uh, the other thing is... Sponsor us, Doritos. Please, please. I don't even want money. I just want to meet the Dorito CEO and then have Doritos. After he touches them. Not to be weird. And then I just prize it as my most prized possession.
0: That's weird. And then you I want a Doritos weird.
3: Tesla, Elon Musk. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, after that. um, I guess I don't have four things. The Bearcats are... They're not green, actually. Well, actually, no, 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 never mind. They're not gray. Unless we're doing the special day. They're not yellow. they're not blue. They're not red. That'd be really weird if the bearcats were red, but they are green.
0: bodily functions and all. that's Eli and the bearcats, according to Eli. you know this this whole idea of me and him and I recording it in one take, you know, no no redos, no editing. Yeah, I may have to revisit that. We'll uh, anyway, we'll see what happens. He's I tell you what I'm. I, I I enjoy this. I think he's enjoying it as well as, as you can kind of tell, he's kind of been ratcheting things up and, uh, you know, th- this podcast in general is really special to me and, uh, you know, me, I tend to get sappy sometimes and here we go, but, uh, but it is, it's really special. And I, and I thank you for sharing this with me. Um, you know, honestly, we would probably do it whether anybody listened or not, but to, uh, the way the podcast has grown this season compared to last season and I owe it all to you I mean seriously for for taking time out of your week to listen and you know if there's something you want to hear maybe a guest you would like to hear in the off season I've got a few lined out but uh, the whole off season isn't scheduled by any means and so I'm always open to suggestions and and you know, I, I want to make this podcast about you. You know, who do you want to hear? What former Bearcats do you want to hear from and, and hear me talk to, or certain questions you would like folks to ask. And I may, there may be some kind of mailbag or something coming. Of course, would encourage you. You can submit questions for Eli or myself for next week's podcast. You can tweet them out, underscore bleeding, underscore green on Twitter, on the, uh, on the Facebook group, bleeding green podcast as well. And, uh, you know, you can send me a message on on Facebook or Twitter if if you follow my personal um, account as well. So, um, but you can certainly send messages through those, and and uh, and that's great, and I I absolutely appreciate that. But anything you can do to help make this podcast better and help this thing grow, I think uh, we're still just scratching the surface of what Bleeding Green can be, if I'm being honest. And so, uh, you know, it's hard to believe we're we're nearing the end of season two but um, i've i've i'm enjoying the heck out of this and I, and I hope you are too so thank you for being a part of this but that's going to do it for this week's edition of bleeding green bears burgers and bearcat football thanks to everybody and all of my guests this week thanks to you for listening and as always go bearcats <laughs>